Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. All right, ladies, I'm talking to you right now. There are a lot of complications we all face with our money. We live longer, we start and stop working, we earn less, and right now, more women are seeing the financial impacts of losing their jobs or watching their small businesses struggle. 
This episode is all about empowerment. I chat with Ernie Johansson from BMO about how women can overcome the financial confidence gap and start thriving versus surviving. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Don't get me wrong. I want everyone to find a place of ease around money and to really understand how to use your money to get the life you want to live. But if I'm going to be honest, my heart, of course, is with women because, well, I am one. (laughs) I know firsthand the challenges women face in their career and earning potential. I have been referred to as sweetie and honey, you name it, in meetings. And many people have just assumed I'm not smart because I'm the woman or I must be the secretary or the assistant. And there's nothing wrong with those careers. But there's also nothing wrong with a woman being smart and financially stable altogether. I mean, come on. Of course, there is a financial confidence gap with women. It feels like it's been really put there since birth. That's why I cannot wait for you to meet Ernie. Ernie is a superstar and a big advocate for empowering women with their money. She's group head North American personnel and business banking for BMO Financial Group and was recently named, get this, to Forbes a list of 12 women changing the money industry. Okay, how do I get on that list? (laughs) Yeah, so she's pretty awesome. Let's dive in and talk about this confidence gap and how as women, we can harness our power to use our money to change our lives. Well, Ernie, I am so excited to have you join us on the podcast in this very strange time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, let me just start off by saying, uh, keep going with what you're doing because you have certainly uh, filled a need, I think, in the market. So uh, just as a sidebar, really thrilled to be part of of what you're doing right now. And uh, if I can do anything to keep encouraging you, keep going. On what you're oh, doing. That's so great. Thank you so much. It's it's nice to hear that, you know, as a, a podcaster, it's kind of a weird thing because you are essentially talking into a microphone in a padded closet <laughs> to someone else. And yes. so, you know, you don't actually get to see and feel all of the, the hundreds of thousands of people listening to the podcast. But it's great to know that, you know, I can, I'm able to do a small part and have amazing people like you on to share your wisdom. Uh, I know that it definitely impacts lives. So, um, yeah, I just thank you for that. Yeah, and particularly in this time frame, uh, you know what? These are the conversations we need to carry on having. 
Absolutely. Yes. And I, I want to talk to you. You're, you're passionate about, of course, a lot of things that I am as well, women and money mm-hmm. and um, really helping women get ahead because there are it's not just stereotypes. There are real statistics with women. We we live longer. We start and stop jobs. We earn less than men, usually speaking, and um, particularly with minorities. And so I feel like we can never do enough uh, education to women to really empower them around their money. And the odd thing that I see, too, is that Women control a lot of the money in the family finances. And so if women aren't educated about the steps to take or feel empowered about that, we're not really helping those women empower their families as well. You're absolutely right. And and I'm also concerned even now as we look at what's happening um, in this time with this pandemic is we're hearing and seeing that women are getting further behind or at, or more affected. Women and minorities, as, as you said, are even more impacted just because of the nature of the work that they do do, uh, you know, disproportionate in service industries, hospitality, retail. I mean, these are some of the hardest hit segments right now. And so that's doubly concerning. So let's talk a little bit about something I know you're passionate about, this idea of the financial confidence gap, mm. in particular, when it comes to women. Can you break it down a little bit? What, what do you what do you mean when you say the confidence gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting um, phenomena and one that, um, you know, I really would not have thought in this day and age that we would still have, but we still do. You know, there's studies that show the difference between the confidence level of men and women on finances. And and typically, you know, here's one study that would say we describe as women that, you know, when they talk about their feelings about finances, they're, they're overwhelmed. Uh, they're discouraged. And then if you flip the survey over to the male population, they're more likely to say that they, that they're in control, that they have hope and they're hopeful. And it's like, hang on a second. Are we living in the same economy? <laughs> Perhaps even the same household? You know, you, you see these differences. So that's really interesting. And then the other thing that really is concerning to me that I can't believe we're talking about today is, you know, 65% of the articles that are published about money and women still reference the fact that women are excessive spenders. You know, this is 2020. I thought we would have moved on from that. Um, but that is what's, what, what, what happened. So I just don't know how to overcome this for every negative kind of story that's out there. There's got to be stories like what you're doing that, that talk about empowerment, that to also talk about education and learning and sharing. So I think we need to focus more on that. So is, if there's things that we can do to flip that narrative, and talk about what women do right and the tools that they can use that all of us, you know, men and women can use to make progress to be great money managers and feel more confident. We've got to do more of that. So yeah, I'm pretty passionate about this topic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you talk about some of the things that women women do do right. Are there some of those things that um, that come to mind of what they do do well with this? Yeah, and it's actually it's interesting because I think we have a have kind of three. I think it's the kind of the financial empowerment for women in three buckets, and we do these three things inherently well in so many other other aspects of our lives. Um, and if we just applied them to finances, can you imagine what would happen? And the first one's around tenacity, and I think women by nature are determined and persistent, persistent in the sense of, you know what, we'll tackle something and we'll nibble at something, you know, make 
progress slowly, but we're tenacious on achieving it. I see that. Um, And so that ability to overcome adversity, you know, you know, there's there's five kids in the house, they open the fridge, there's nothing in there. And all of a sudden miracle happens, right? (laughs) For dinner, that kind of, so really tenacious. So how do we harness that tenacity? Um, to our financials, finances. And so how do we take that? Okay, I have a goal. I'm going to be persistent on my goal. It may be I'm going to nibble at it the way I nibble at it, all those other things in my lives that I come at with courage. So that's tenacity. And then I think about trust. Um, women have a, an immediate, almost trust first, uh, approach, I, I find anyways. Um, and, and the term is, you know, trust and, and verify kind of idea. And I think what women need to do more is apply trust to finding advisors, guiders, bankers, money managers mm, yeah. that they can trust. And think of the trust in that space of, you know, any advisor that you might find. I like to use the word, and I know women don't like to talk about golf so much. But if you think about an advisor like your caddy, okay, if you, and everyone's watched what a caddy does, you know, they don't take the shot for you, but they've played the field or they've played the golf course well enough. They can give you some guidance, which iron to come out, you know, the wind's going this way. Maybe you should do something different, but you take your own shot. And I think all of us needs a, need a financial caddy, if I can use that terminology, to give you guidance and advice. Then you decide what you're going to do. But at least you're going with full knowledge. And then trust your gut, too, because I also feel that we need to apply that our spider senses, if you want to use that terminology around when we meet somebody who's going to give us some guidance in any kind of area of finances. If you don't feel comfortable, trust your gut. Right, trust your gut. And then lastly, talk. I mean, women are verbal by nature, you know, in terms of connecting and on a real human uh, level, more sharing of emotion and, uh, uh, and, and balanced in how we have, how we have relationships. So this conversation about talking needs to also extend to our finances. And I think sometimes women don't share their full story of what they're wanting to do or achieve with with guide, with their advisor or guide or, uh, guidance uh, person in the space, their banker could be, whoever it might be. They don't really share their full um, story of what they're trying to achieve and ask for direction. Um, we tend to not talk about it with friends as much. And that's another area that I've always found interesting because when I start approaching that conversation with my friends, anyways, I am surprised how interested everybody wants to go down that conversation and and talk about it it's not secretive um if someone needs to just broach the topic and share share experiences where we've been successful where we've failed and how do we carry on and lastly i would say this this talk element has to come into relationships uh partnerships relationships because i think that's a gap and i think sometimes women abdicate and and i think that um that's not right. Uh, I think we, we need to talk. We need to, we need to have a relationship with our partner and particularly if they're male, don't assume that they're better at it than you are. Um, and maybe they might be because they have some skill set that you might not lack, but the reality is you gotta be in this like a partner. And so I, I'll give you an example. My husband's a, you know, CA, CFA, CPA, uh, all he's got all the letters behind his, his name. <laughs> But what we sometimes do is we have these quarterly meetings where I go, hang on, I want a quarterly finance meeting. (laughs) Let's sit down like as if we were, um, you know, two business partners. Let me use that language. Get the lay of the land, talk about it, make decisions together, bounce ideas off each other. And so while one may go execute on something like perhaps, you know, go make a deposit or, or, or go buy a stock, we're, you know, we've done it together. 
Um, and I think that's really key too. So tenacity, trust, and talk, the three T's that I'm trying to get out there for women to, to, to readjust our thinking in this space. Let me use that, that, that terminology. I so resonate uh, with all of that. I've often said that my mission really is to make talking about money a dinnertime conversation, mm. that you can hang out with your friends and you can talk about things in a really real and honest way, the same way you do about loads of other subjects, and that yeah. by doing so, we start to diminish the fear and shame and guilt and all of those traps, I think, that really keep us locked. I know you you were talking about talking about money in, in relationships. And mm -hmm. I have so many friends who are brilliant, smart achievers, like just awesome women. And yet when it comes to talking about money with their partner or their husband, whatever that might be, they get so scared yeah. and nervous. Suddenly they lose all the confidence right. because they start saying, well, that's the guy and he automatically is going to know better than me. And so it's really interesting, like as a society, <laughs> somehow we're like born ingrained with that idea. And it's just, it's crazy because it's not true. Absolutely. You're right. And, and I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery as well. If I can use that language, you know, I've, I have been at cocktail parties or dinner parties where all of a sudden I see a group of guys wander off in a corner and I'm, I'm like, what are they talking about? Right. And, and then I find out they're talking about something financial, like either, um, you know, should they invest in this stock or or should you buy a house now and all the rest? And I'm a banker. So, right. I, so I think so I think to myself, hang on a second, I got to get into that conversation and give them some facts, some knowledge. And but I do personally even find myself having to do a double check and go, I've got to get into that conversation. I have a voice in that conversation. Yeah, it's just it's so interesting, you know, and I don't know what the what the magic pill is necessarily. Mm. But I think it's having these types of conversations like we're having here. And just maybe that sparks something in 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 someone listening of, you know, maybe today I'm going to have confidence to have that conversation. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know what, the other thing is, is to take away the fear of having that starting that conversation, right? And to me, you know, fear, you can, you, you're fearful of some, something if you don't have the facts and the information. So the other piece of it is just get some facts and information. You don't have to go deep and, you know, get your, you know, your, your, uh, your, your, your designation in some sort <laughs> of way, but you can learn so much, um, through podcasts, through, uh, you know, through mobile channels, et cetera, just kind of pepper uh, periodically your knowledge base of what's happening. And, and lately, there's been so many things that have been developing right now um, in terms of relief programs or government programs that are in place right now. But I, my, my hope is that women are going out and getting some of this information for their own uh, financial uh, progress. Yeah, I was going to ask you, being in obviously the the time we're in, which is very strange for all of us mm -hmm. globally around the world, we're all somewhat in the same boat. Is there a way, if if I'm a female and I'm listening, is there a way I can really think or be proactive about maybe come out of this time in history and really thrive? Like, are there are there any mm -hmm. suggestions you have of maybe things, and they don't even have to be difficult things, but steps I could take right now to put me in that position? Yeah, it is great, great question. And um, so I think of it, and um, I think you would say the same thing. It's, it's, you need to take a moment now and just kind of assess where you are. 
and then determine what you need and where you want to go. If I can do that in three kind of steps. So, so really taking stock. So I will be, you know, everyone will be anxious about something until they know something of the facts about it. So figure out right now, what do you have? Like, let's look at what do I have in my bank accounts? What do I have potentially if I have some stocks, equity, mutual funds, whatever it is, just take stock of your situation. And then look at what you anticipate coming in for cash flow right now. You know, if you're, if you're affected um, by, by the virus right now, your employment has been, you know, as in either you've been laid off or something has taken place to reduce your income, take stock to understand what your cash coming in is going to be and what your cash going out is. And really look deep at that cash out spot and say, do I really need some of that cash out? And what um, I think is important is there there are people who are going to say, um, I'm going to be spending less, but my salary is still going to be the same because I'm, my company is not affected, etc. So those people have an opportunity to now start figuring about how they perhaps can save some of that incremental money that's coming their way for a larger rainy day fund, emergency fund that we all know now is very important to have but also could allow them to take advantage of some opportunities perhaps in to invest um, and also donate. I mean, there are, there are people who need more in this space. And if you have excess, it's, this, is the, this is the time for all of us to step up and do our part. So that's important for a segment of people who aren't maybe ne- negatively um, impacted uh, right now from a financial inflow of cash. Those that are affected by the inflow because they've lost a job or it's changed in its nature or they're self-employed. We've got so many women entrepreneurs. Their business may be shutting down right now. Um, it's again, take stock what you have. See if you can minimize some of your expenses. And then if you have cash flow challenges, there are so many programs right now uh, across North America for everyone to take advantage of. And we should be taking advantage of these programs. Some of them are from the government, which are giving, um, you know, kind of some, uh, some salary relief if I can use that terminology. It's important to get into those programs if you need them. If you also have cash flow problems and you have some, you know, a credit card debt or a mortgage, a loan, an auto loan, whatever it might be, is to connect into your bank and take advantage of their, what we call their kind of relief programs, which is they're typically give you a deferral to pay for several months. And so that might alleviate some of your cash flow um cash flow burden. And those are really important. And if you are a woman who has a small business today, really look carefully. There are a lot of programs available for small business. And we know small businesses are the lifeline of our economy. And for women, these there are more women coming up and developing small businesses and businesses. Not small, they're, they're small now, but they're going to be big. And we all know that. And so it's important also that there's programs for for them specifically, programs that they can then take care of their staff. So, you know, their staff is affected. And, and so for us, encouraging women to, to, to take stock, you know, now, go now, figure out what you, what you have and what you, what you need, take advantage of these programs, um, that exist and then start planning for your game plan out when this thing, this thing will pass. We are, you know, we talk about it being almost like a, you're on a bridge right now, right now. You're not sure how long that far that bridge that goes, you know, but you're on the bridge, right? right. So now plan for when you get to the other side of, of this territory, what do you want um, for yourself and your goals? And so I think about people taking advantage of, of the time now to say, do I love what I do for a living? Do I need mm, to augment yeah. what I do income wise? Um, could I take some of my skills right now and apply them um, and take advantage of this whole great digital 
online mobile capabilities that we have and create potential followership. You know, I I have some friends that are actors. And and so uh, right now they're creating followership um, online. And obviously many people are giving away free product and, and that's great right now. But that will pay off over time. You know, when we come out of this, they're going to have a huge following. Uh, and potentially when yeah. they open up and have concerts all of a sudden and, and events, they're going to have, a, you know, tens of thousands of more people who are interested in in coming to see them. And so I think we need to also re-engineer the work that we do so that when we come out of this and uh, you'll be able to be at the advantage, you'll be front-footed instead of back-footed. So I think those are, you know, three steps. Think now. Think about what you need to get through this and get on that when you're on that bridge. Know if there's a path forward for you and just start planning for it. And I think that's important, too, because in this time, um, you know, this is a health crisis and a financial crisis. Uh, the two have come together. So we have to take care of our mental health just as much as we do our physical and our financial health. And sometimes having goals and, and plans, I know that, um, are good for you, your mental health, your hope. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. 
Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows. Beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. It's Tuesday. Normally we have an Ask Shauna, but today we have a very, very special guest. Emily is with us. Emily has been a podcast listener and um, we've become friends off of the podcast, which I think is really awesome. So Emily, thanks for being here. Howdy, Shauna. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I would love for you to share just a little bit of your story. Um, I, you've been you've been a podcast listener. I know that you have taken some of the tips and applied them in your life, and and certainly right now with what we're dealing with, that actually has helped you. I'd love for you to just share a little bit of, of your story. Sure. So I'm Emily. Um, I'm the owner of Aspen Lifestyle Management. We're a very small housekeeping and landscaping company in Boulder, Colorado, as well as I'm a lifeguard. And uh, when the coronavirus hit um, and the stay-at-home order went into effect in um, Boulder, um, I 
took measures to keep myself safe as well as my clients. So I've been staying at home. And also we've had the snowiest month on record in Boulder. So it's not like I could go out and do landscaping work. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I had a family friend text me on April 3rd and she was like, "Um, are you still sewing? And I said, yeah. So I got my sewing machine out of the closet and I started making masks for her. And then later that afternoon, um, our governor recommended that you wear a mask when you're outside or uh, yeah. in public and like at the grocery store. And um, so my dad called me and he was like, Emily, you need to start <laughs> making masks. <laughs> and he's like kind of an even keel guy. So for him to say that, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to get serious. <laughs> wow. Like how did, did you, I, I'm so, uh, I've got so many questions because I wish I had a sewing, um, skill in me. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm a, I'm a terrible sewer. So how did you, I mean, did you come up with your own pattern or how, how did you figure that part out? Well, so my grandmother grew up during the great depression and so she taught me how to sew and she said, you'll always need sewing as a skill. Yes. And then when I was in high school and middle school, my mom gave me this sewing machine, the exact sewing machine I'm making these masks on. It's 20 years old. And uh, she took me to this sewing shop and I took sewing classes and I learned how to make little things, bags and a coat and whatnot. So uh, then when this friend asked me to make these masks. I just kind of went online and looked at what people were doing. And I'm going with the classic pleated mask. It fits really nicely. It has long straps, so it's adjustable for however you want to wear it. And the more you wear it, the more comfortable it feels. Um, So I just kind of ended up making my own pattern after making about 25 of them, I realized, oh, I got to make the nose piece, you know, fit nicely. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started. Wow, that's awesome. So are you are you selling these? I mean, are, like, are these available if, if somebody wanted to purchase a mask? Because I know we've had a tough time finding um, masks in stores where we live in Los Angeles. So um you know, I think it would be super cool to have um, a sort of customized mask. Yeah, I am selling them on Etsy and I have about a one day turnaround time. So if you submit your order, um, I can get it out to you in a day and it takes a couple days in the mail. Um, so maybe you could um, shoot the link to viewers or listeners Um about it. My store is called MBeads, the creative side of Aspen Lifestyle Management. And um, I started out doing my Etsy shop a couple years ago because I was just like making jewelry and wanting to share it creatively. But I, once I realized that people were like buying these masks, I reloaded it. So that's why it's called MBeads because it's like Emily Beads. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So how has like, I I, I sense in your voice, you know, obviously you're not doing your, 
quote unquote normal job right now, but I sense this like feeling of creativity, of, of excitement over creating mass and like being a service to people. Like, tell me a little bit about how that's impacting you right now. Oh, I feel so good about it. It's been so nice to um, make each mask for each individual person. When I get an order, I kind of think of the person and then kind of put some really good energy into each mask. And, um, you know, I've been kind of um, doing this my whole life. You know, I started out cat sitting and dog sitting as a little kid doing lemonade stands. And now, you know, I've always wanted to sell a product, but it's always been that I've like sold services like housekeeping or landscaping. So it's really exciting to me that like I can now sell a product. Yeah. And like, I hope that like listeners will be inspired like that if there's something you know you can make that people need right now that you can sell from your home like if you're laid off um or like can't find work right now like think of the skills that you have that you could create something for someone else in need that you could drop off at their doorstep I think that's such great advice. I think you need to um, do a virtual workshop, too, on sewing for all of us. Oh, my gosh. Just, Shana, so many people have been asking me for tips. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I, I fully admit that sewing is definitely not my, my sweet spot. I really want to learn. But um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely not my sweet spot. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I'd love for you also to share, I know you've been, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know you've been a, a listener of the podcast for a while. And if you have any maybe words of wisdom of of things that, that you guys are doing right now with, with your finances or things that you've learned that that right now are, are being helpful for you financially, I'd, I'd love for you to maybe share some of those and, and, and maybe that inspires somebody else that's that's listening. Sure. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, I wasn't able to do my business, but I also got laid off of my lifeguarding job. And I love my job working at a community pool because it feels like it's like volunteering you get paid for. So (laughs) (laughs) I've really appreciated that you've um, given me a lot of advice on like, you can have multiple streams of income. And um, also, like we really have worked hard at building our emergency fund over the last couple of years. So when I got laid off and I couldn't go to um, like out to work in public, um, it was, it's really comforting to know that at least I know that we're going to be okay for a little while. That's so awesome. And I really appreciate like all of the practical advice that you give the listeners because I listen to the podcast and then there, I take like maybe one tip each week and, you know, it's just like a little baby step. And probably my favorite tip you've given me is the, the money date. Cause me and my fiance, <laughs> yes. we, we actually do money dates. <laughs> yes. I love to hear that. <laughs> and like sometimes We've done a money date and we had no idea we had a money date. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty, right? Because that's when it, it, you're you're not 
like anticipating something bad or you're stressed out, like those are the the good ones. Totally. Awesome. Well, Emily, I've I've loved having you share a little bit about your story. I think it's so important that people feel there's so much negativity, but people feel inspired right now that maybe if your income is down or um, you're in bad circumstances, maybe there's a skill you have or something that's of value to someone else. And to be creative during this time, I think it's just such an important message to share. So I'd love for you to just share again, I'll put the link in the show notes, but share again, um, the name of your Etsy store in case somebody wants to find it. Yeah. So come check me out at M beads. Um, it's on Etsy and, um, I'll get a mask to you right away. Yeah. And I, I love what you said because it's a message I've been echoing the last few weeks is about Mm -hmm. taking action that, and it doesn't always have to be big action. It could be a little bitty thing each day, but something that keeps you rooted in progressing forward, not letting your goals fall apart during this time, but really staying focused on, okay, what is maybe one small little step I can take that will help push my goal forward? And then I, I wanted to ask you this. I, I got this question from a listener a couple of days ago saying, you know, is it is it, it was a female listener saying, mm. is it irresponsible if I spend some money right now taking a class or, mm. or doing something to push myself forward, even if I don't know if my job's going to still be there or not be there? And I think we're hearing so much, which is obviously great advice about cutting your spending and looking for, sure. for ways you can save money. But I was wondering if you could just speak a little to that idea of, Maybe you do need to spend a little bit money right now to to push yourself forward, and maybe that pays off, you know, ten, a hundred, a thousand fold in the Absolutely. future. Absolutely, I completely agree, and that's also um, concerning to me too, because there is good spend, and then there's there's kind of like the there's there's a good, better, best kind of thing, um, and and there is there is spend that is the best you could do for optionality. Can I use that terminology for you to have more optionality when we come out of this? And so if you're passionate about something and you have some skills in that space and you want to augment it with, with training, um, you know, and that costs you something, I say that's probably going to pay off in dividends. And I'm sure you would say the same thing. It's this notion of how do you take your assets that you have right now? And many of our assets are our skills. Our brands, our reputations, all of those are our assets, right? And then how do you amplify them? And how do you give those, those assets that you have, um, that no one can take away from you? These are assets about you, whether or not your finances, these are, this is about you. And then you actually, um, can, can advance them and so accelerate them. So how do we get our messages online? How do people know what we do? How do we create a better network? And I think you were saying that in your last podcast. How do you expand your network now? Everybody is into expanding their network. That's going to pay off in, 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 in spades later on. But I would highly encourage investing in yourself for your future and for your fine, for your future, for your life and what you love to do. And also we know what, when you love what you do, you do it well. And money follows. Can I use that, that terminology? Yes. Money follows. And I think sometimes as women, we think we have to do the right thing. Right? That, like your mm. l- listener sounded like the right thing. Um, find the best thing for yourself. 
Mm, that's such great advice. Well, I'd love to just spend a spend a little little time. I'd love to hear more about about your story, mm-hmm. how you how you got into the the financial world, mm-hmm. and is it is it something that you always thought you would be in in this realm, or what's a little bit of, of your money story? Yeah, I know, and everybody has a money story, right? Uh, and um, so my money story would be, or my family background would be, um, I grew up with uh, with parents who I'm from Italian background, so that that tells you everything you can imagine. <laughs> Enormous plates of food, I can to see you visualizing yes. that right um and so i grew up with that uh, with uh, very lower in, lower income parents my uh my 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 father was an immigrant and uh from italy and my mother was uh was uh was was all was a first generation when we use that terminology and um and they were an arranged marriage. Yes, indeed. It still happened in the day. Um, but what they came together and formed, we had a family of four kids, um, living off a of very basic, uh, salary, uh, from my father and my mom stayed home. And, um, but there was always what she thought was important. And I would agree with her was she always thought that food was important. That was our, our, our culture and our brand. So food was important. So if we had to have a nice, you know, piece of meat that may ultimately ended up in meatballs, that's usually what happened at our household. A great steak would not be made as a steak. It'd be put through the meat grinder and made into meatballs. But, <laughs> but, um, but that was important. Um, and my dad worked long hours and we, he, didn't believe in debt. Neither did my mom. They saved and saved. And it was just putting away that little bit, little bit. And all of a sudden, boom, something happened. You know, bought their first car in cash. You know, that's rare to hear these wow, things these yeah. days, right? But that was their mentality and their culture. And what I learned from them is the power of that tenacity, that nibbling away that I talked about, right? To be able to have a goal and just keep nibbling. And everybody knew what the goal was and everybody participated in their own way. Um, but did, but spent on the things that were important to them and, you know, food and kids and education and all those things were important to them. And they did that for us. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting was my mom had this, had this belief system that said periodically she would want to do something special for the household. And she would actually go out and take a part-time job and do something for several months, um, oh. to be able to afford it. And then she'd bring that in and she was a seamstress. So she would, she had a lot of flexibility to do that. Um, but that's the background. So money was viewed as, yeah, it's important. Um, but it shouldn't deny you of having a life by not having it. Do you know what I mean? Like the, you could have hope yeah, yeah. without the cash kind of idea. Um, but that it was wise to use it prudently and, uh, and to work hard and get it. So I came up from that kind of a background. So that led me to things like, you know, wanting to own a house when we were very young. And I, I, my husband and I were, were trying to figure that out. We moved to the big city and, and, uh, you know, we realized, oh my goodness, rent's incredible. Um, (laughs) and my guess is this prudent in all of our little cultural background that we said, this is wrong, right? We shouldn't do this. And we just, I still remember having discussions with him going, okay, we got to get this down payment, um, pulled together for us to go get a house. Okay. You don't buy lunch this week. We have these deals, right? Okay. The down payment has to happen. Uh, so we, we did that. And I still remember going to my, to, to the bank with my husband at that time. Actually, it was even before we were married. Actually, he was buying a house. Uh, and, uh, I remember putting on my suit and he putting on his suit because somehow we thought that would get us 
through the, the mortgage process, like two, <laughs> two little people in their suits, they're really young. Um, and this banker just, he wowed my heart because he looked at us and these are the days when bankers had discretion. And, uh, he said, okay, your assets, like, I'm going to put down a couple grand for your clothes. Cause you guys look like you have good clothes. <laughs> and so, so our little balance sheet made it through to get our first mortgage because a banker trusted in us. And obviously he, he saw, you know, here's two business students and he, he played it right. My husband was articling as an accountant, um, my soon to be husband, I should say, was articling to be an accountant. So he kind of trusted us. But it was a moment where I had this, this, this gentleman, this banker turned our lives around. And it was a moment that was interesting. Uh, I then went to business, I was in business school, finished up and, and, and then ultimately ended up in, in banking. And I still remember him because he made a difference in my life and my husband's life. And it started us on a path of financial success, like not you know, paying huge amounts for, for rent is, is, is powerful. It's a transformative thing that can happen in your life if you're able to do it. And so, so to me, that, that, uh, that has always resonated. That's been always our focus. My focus has always been about how do you help people make real financial progress? It, it, I wanna be the caddy. If I go back yeah. to that analogy, I, like, I want to be the caddy. Um, and, and that everyone has a financial game to play. I can use that. It's their golf course, right? Their game, they're going to decide what their score is going to be. And, and they're going to deploy it, their financial resources for good. And so for, for me, it really aligns with, um, who I am and, 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 and the, the organization I work, BMO, our, you know, uh, our, our, um, our mission, our value, our purpose is to boldly grow the good in life and business and business and life. It depends on which way we say it. But the reality is, is the two are connected. Um, and so for, for me, uh, banking has been awesome to be part of knowing that every day I help great bankers deliver great customers experience and people walk out with homes, uh, kids' educations, cars, uh, ability to to buy things, I don't know, investing for, for retirement. It's just, it's really rewarding. So I, I feel it as a true kind of uh, gift that I've been given with. And it came from a heritage of, of, of folks who kind of started from scratch, started with very little, and uh, were just committed to a whole bunch of kids doing good stuff. In them. And I, I like, I love that story, I should say, because when you talk about putting on your on your suit and going into the banker, I mean, I still think some of that really does apply today of of, of sharing your story. Sometimes maybe when you're on the phone with, let's say, your credit card company and you're having problems paying yeah. the bill, it's Absolutely. whatever it may be. Buying a house, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's it's not a good situation you're in, but, but being able to communicate your story and not having fear of maybe taking some of those steps, putting the suit on, whatever it may be, right. sometimes it, it just really pays off. Absolutely. And the reality is finances are like your health, right? There's such anxiety around. There were, there were studies that have showed that people think are as anxious as going into this, either banker or their financial advisor, um, as they are going into the doctor, you know, and that's kind of scary mm, when you yeah. put those two things together because they, they shouldn't be that correlated as in the fear factor. Can I use that, that expression? Um, and so for us as bankers, it's we're humans first. I know we're, we always say we're people first, bankers second. And if you come at that with that approach, I think it frames um, the reality of, of, of we all share 
financial um, challenges. We all have issues in our lives. We're all but fundamentally human. And, you know, perhaps, you know, one of the things that will come out of this crisis is, and I see it today, you probably see it, you see it all the time, where everything that's happening right now is you see a lot of humanity uh, coming forth. And and that will be the good that comes out of this, I think, is, is the humanity of it. Um, and the recognition that, that, that it's, the, it's contact, like I think everybody's physically wanting physical contact now, um, for the fact that we're built for, for relationship, right? We're built for community relationship, conversation, et cetera. And so, uh, while these kinds of com- forums are terrific, they're, they're great. Uh, we're all craving a little bit of, uh, physical, uh, connection and hopefully we'll be getting that soon. Well, this has been such fantastic time chatting with you. I, I would love to leave with a little bit of, of an action item, S- obviously seeing the time we're in, but also really recognizing this financial confidence gap that this this exists. It's It's very real for a lot of people, in particular women. Could you maybe leave us with one or two takeaways of, of how we can proactively today start working to to bridge that confidence gap or shrink that confidence gap mm-hmm. it's great I think about um, um, many women are at home right now um, double duty on work and, and educating their kids right um, put a little element of financial education into that I think that would be important um, opening up the finances um, of the family to share with younger generation um, equalizes the brothers and the sisters, if I can use that terminology. Everybody gets exposed to it. I think that's important. I remember my dad doing that. And that was always fun. Um, so I would I would say take this time now to to train up another generation, if I can use that that terminology. Um, and then I would say in our own conversations as we are connecting, um, we should be talking about this. Like what you're doing is terrific because you're talking about it. So how do we do that in our own uh, conversations as we FaceTime and and uh, Skype and, and 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 Zoom all the way around the world? Um, are we asking about people's finances right now? I, I do know that everybody's saying, how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you well? You know what I mean? I don't think we're asking the question, how are you doing financially? And maybe we have to take the courage as women to reach out to other women and ask them that question. Um, and then it can start a discussion. Um, and, uh, so that, that's important. And lastly, I would say just encouraging more people who are in this state of mind right now, figuring out, you know, got a lot of college university students that are trying to figure out careers and what they want to do. Um, the more we can help them get into professions where that are non-traditional, particularly women, you know, as I think about where the economy is going to go over the next little while. We'll need more scientists. We need more uh, analytical types, mathematicians, all those sorts of things. So encouraging women to get into those areas as well as finance uh, is is going to be going to be important as well. So maybe those are longer term things, but we're in a time where we might be able to plant a couple seeds that might uh, grow into big trees later on uh, when we get across the bridge, so to speak. So tell me, what money conversation are you going to have today? Who are you going to call and ask? How are you doing with your finances? And really encourage an open and honest conversation. I know it's hard, but don't we first have to just start having these conversations? Let's all take Ernie's advice to heart and really work to thrive during this time. Oh, and don't forget, check out Emily's Etsy store, M Beads. That's E M 
B-E-E-D-S. I'll have a link in the show notes. She's got some awesome masks and I just ordered one myself and it might also be Bedazzled, which I'm so excited about. So definitely check out her store. Again, on this podcast, we're changing our language around money to help everyone unlock the lives they want to live. And now, more so than ever, you are a part of that movement. So it's up to all of us to invite other people in. So share this episode with someone, a a female in your life that really needs to be inspired today. Invite them in so we can all talk about money in a new, fun, and fresh way. Hey, where are you going? We're not quite finished yet. We just wanted to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money and for helping us create a safe space to talk about money. For more on this episode, check out the show notes and don't be afraid to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Seriously, we love hearing from our Millennial Money family. So send us your rave reviews. We look good in five stars. Just saying. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.